0: Welcome to faith fm you are listening right across australia on 87.6 87.8 or 88 on the faith fm network it is a beautiful sunny morning here in newcastle it's 7 a.m on a friday and you are listening to the breakfast show my name is lawson and sitting across from me we have danny danny, danny mate good to see you
1: Sounding a bit like the Mexicans when uh, a goal is scored, you know how they go, goal. They sometimes do that. They do that all the time. <laughs> they do that all the time. That's so good. So that's a big shout out to our South American friends, man. It's so good that and, you can join us and too. and um, Mexican friends and all the Latin mm. Americans who love their football, the mm-hmm. real football, not the one with a with an egg ball. The the real football. Okay, okay you need to you need to stop these. Okay. You are making some
0: calls right now that you know we've got uh, producer Shell sitting in the studio. She from she's from the United States. They oh. have an egg football over here. We have an egg football I here. Know. Their
1: egg. Football is even like, I don't even have a comment for.
0: I. She. He just got muted. He just got muted, and he deserves it too, because. It's my last day. It's my last day, so I'm just the going. Oh, Lyle is I'm going fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is your last day. Lyle is still away up in Brisbane, uh, preaching up there at the Logan Reserve Church, and we are continuing on the show. Um. In his absence, myself and Denny. Denny, what are you grateful for this morning?
1: Oh, as always, I'm praising the Lord. Um, Amen. Every day is a day with the Lord. It's a great day. and mm-hmm. beautiful out there. It's a deliciously beautiful <laughs> day out there. Blue skies, just a great day. Yeah, epic. <laughs> uh, you know, I am so grateful that we are going back to
0: church tomorrow. Like, you know, come, coming Amen. into it's the it's Friday Sabbath, the preparation you know, day oh so good Amen. like I don't have uh, work for the rest of the day too so I get to go home and just prepare and just then get to spend time with Jesus now we're having a Amen. communion service tonight, actually which Amen. I'm really looking forward
2: to. you're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast
0: on Faith FM Positively Different Let's have a look at some positively different news. What's going on in the world of positively different news this morning?
1: All right. In the world of positively different news, um, mm-hmm. in the midst of the COVID crisis and, and fallout of that, that, that's ongoing, we have um, the government, the Australian government, mm-hmm. that has reinstated JobKeeper. So okay. that's really good news for our Victorian listeners mm-hmm. especially. So if uh, if a state or or a territory, or a city, or whatever is, um, according to my understanding of the news, um, is in lockdown for more than a week. So if that week goes on into two and three, and who knows how many, we pray that it's only going to be two for our Victorian mm-hmm. listeners, then they are entitled to job JobKeeper. Um, so the government gave out some numbers of what they are entitled to, depending on their, on their circumstances. Okay, yep. So, so that's a good news story, because I mean, you know, there's a lot of people, Lawson, um, I don't know what it's like in, in your world of, of finance, but there's a lot of people today who live literally from paycheck. T- from paycheck to paycheck. Mm. You know what I mean? There's literally no savings in the bank. Some it's because their, their, their budgeting is probably not what it ought to be. And they probably need a bit of assistance and a bit of help in that space. But for a lot of people, they're just on the edge. And I have bumped into a lot of people like that Mm. who are on the edge, you know, single parents, you know, maybe single moms, single dads, possibly, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, they're just really struggling, and so this would be uh, a welcomed boost, and especially a lot of these folk are in 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 uh, you know, a working casual jobs mm. in um, especially the hospitality industry, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah. So if they don't, you know, if if they don't have a- any income coming through, they don't work, they don't eat. A bit like yeah. in the third world. In the third world, there's no such thing as Centrelink. Mm. You know, Centrelink doesn't exist over there mm. in the third world, and so you don't you don't work, you don't eat. And that's yep. that, that's the bottom line. So praise the Lord for that. So that's a really good news story. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think uh, we have we might have discussed on faith
0: of before. You know the the ethics of um of you know uh, pensions and 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 care. You know. Uh, Unemployment and all these kinds of things. And, and because there, there is an ability to take advantage of the system, but we're talking about people here. Like, you know, when you become eligible for JobKeeper, it's someone who has been a part of the workforce. They are a part of the The, workforce. Well, they are. Yeah. There are a part, they're they're a part of the workforce, but because of COVID, Mm. their circumstances, especially when you're working casual and you're shifted on and all those. things you know your your circumstances become affected by that you don't have the ability to get the same amount of work and so yeah they're supporting working class people who are are struggling Mm. which i think is is just the demographic that needs supporting you know it's really really fantastic that they're doing yeah
1: so look uh, i'm i'm a big fan of of helping people and assisting people especially in crisis that Mm. that, that's what we're there for you know the bible says i mean jesus said you know do unto others as Mm. you want others to do unto you and if i was in uh in a tight spot, I would, I would really appreciate some assistance. Mm. Um, And so we, we praise the Lord for, I mean, the the government pumps out dollars in all sorts of directions. Mm. Um, Why not, you know, spend it, you know, we're in debt. We're never ever going to get out of this debt. We're heading up to a trillion dollars. So let's just not worry about getting out of debt. So let's just <laughs> lay it on. You know, let's just let the <laughs> let the government credit card just, we're by-going, by-going, oh, just Let bygones bygones
0: Look, the Americans. Yeah, who, who are we going to pay? our
1: American friends can rack up nearly, what, up to 30000000000000 trillion, isn't it, Shell? It's heading up in that direction. Um, you know, if they can keep printing money... Uh, why can't we do it here in Australia? That's, that's interesting thought. Hey, if they can keep
0: printing money and not cause hyperinflation, we yeah. we haven't seen any evidences of uh, it, the American dollar is still uh, no. strong.
1: The balloon is going to pop one of these days. Yeah, you? it but is. You know, that's yeah. another subject for another <laughs> day. But anyway, praise the Lord for that. So in the meantime, um, yeah, these folk are being taken care of. Another good thing, and Shell pointed this out, um, mm-hmm. to me is that this idea of um. You know, res- getting COVID from casual contact—that's been debunked. Okay, so that—that so that, that's fake news. That's F- fake news. As in, as in, it was truly reported. It was truly reported that you know there were a couple of COVID cases apparently, um, and they they had COVID transmitted through simply casual contact. Like what you does don't that rub- mean? That means like you're in the shop and you rub up against someone accidentally. You're on the train and the train's full and you accidentally rub your and shoulder against your bump shoulders, bump whatever, you know. So casual contact. And we hadn't really heard of COVID being transmitted in that way mm-hmm. up until now. So people are a bit freaked out, even more so because you could be wearing your mask and that's all good and well. Okay. But if you bump into me and I bump into you, then, you know, you could potentially get covid. So that's been so, then, that's, so that's so that's been debunked because um those results that were supposedly positive came back as false positives. Okay, so
0: essentially that means that yeah, covid is still like transmittable but it's yeah.
1: airborne. It's airborne. Yeah, rather than, rather than casual than, contact rather than casual contact. Okay. Yeah. Wait, so that
0: means that the whole like hand sanitizer thing is wrong?
1: I'm I'm just like it will... uh, no, this was this was more than... No, this wasn't so much, you know, skin on skin. Ah, okay, um, okay, 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 okay. Because you generally put the hand sanitizer on your skin, not on your elbow. Yeah, yeah, um, not for not sure. You know, not on your jumper. Right. In jumper. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So, so um, yeah, I think it was um, it was from that point of view. Shell, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that pretty much it? Did I kind of, you know, get some of that news right? <laughs> uh, I was just um, commenting on the two false negatives that got reported. Yeah. So two mm. people that... Tested as positive in Victoria have been, have come back that they don't actually have it. And so they're considering doing the um, lockdown, um, releasing it sooner, which is good news. That
0: is really good news. Praise the Lord. Uh, Lord. Yeah. Like lockdown obviously is, is, is a good thing to stifle the virus. But if there is no virus, lockdown is not a good thing. Mm. So I think it's, I think it's, yeah, very good. If, if any news comes out that, gives us the ability to not be in lockdown that's fantastic news like get stoked that you know i think about my you know victorian brothers and sisters you know not literally being in the body of christ who are down there working hard laboring in the vineyard yeah. of victoria and, it, and it'll be good for them to be able to oh, yeah. get out of that situation and, and do god's work you're listening to the breakfast
2: Joe podcast on faith fm positively different
1: no, 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 no. Oh, no there's no, no grace no, no, on no, no, this no, no, show. No, no, no. <laughs> you need you need to tune in to the Looking Up show on a Wednesday, 3.30, for <laughs> grace. There's no grace here on the breakfast show. And there's no breakfast. I see no breakfast here in front of me. Literally, there's no breakfast. Yeah, because the people are eating breakfast. Well, are what are you about just going to be munching into the I mic? I hungry too. I could be hungry, too. So could be hungry too. too. Unbelievable. It's the last well, time I volunteer.
0: During the song. the, sun the Last time are are I volunteer. supposed to
1: make you breakfast? Is that what you oh, want absolutely. from us? Absolutely. Like I got up early this morning and, um, out of the goodness of my big heart <laughs> to be here and there's no breakfast waiting for me. Have mercy. This is can, such can, a non call out. Can some of the listeners please call in and support my petition to have a breakfast for the, for the invitee guest co host? I am going to immediately Sh- refute the claim that that needs to happen on the texting, basis that that would be disgusting texting, eating into the mic. If we can get 10 Ten, 10 listeners texting in, then we'll know that there is traction. I'm starting Actually, a petition. No, this can you is please, a petition. Can petition. You please
0: text in. Please text in. Zero four nine one zero six four six nine. Text in that this is a totally ridiculous idea. And while you're eating your breakfast, you don't want me chewing into the mic with my breakfast.
1: No, but that's where that's where I'll be able to eat quietly and silently. I've worked out a no, system. No, you. How we to are eat. using condenser mics.
0: Okay, we need to move on. We need to move
1: on. We're using condenser mics. Bro. Support my petition.
0: <laughs> okay, so massive bombshell news coming out this morning. COVID nineteen now. Bombshell news, like, in the terms of very heavy. Oh, he comes Shell. Shel, no, Shell, no!
1: Why are you doing Shell this? Shell has come with the breakfast. The petition is not needed any longer, folks. Save your texting. What? You better not. If you eat that on air, I'll be
0: so <laughs> mad. I will be so angry. Okay, oh, so is... big bombshell... Stop it. Please stop. <laughs> Let's talk about this news. Big bombshell news I'll, about COVID-19 because of the... <laughs> Let the man speak. Please. Soy milk. There's not much of it. Pastor, there. pastor, be, okay, be civilized. Be civilized. All right.
1: Okay. Back okay. to the
0: news. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this inf- is serious yes. news. Yes. Information, big, infinite information has come out about COVID-19, specifically relating to, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who was the, uh, who is essentially the United States lead, um, Doctor in, in the area of viruses and, and d- viruses and deadly diseases. He works for the White House. And during the time when this was coming out, this big bombshell that come out that all of these emails got sent to, you know, big publications around the world in the last week. And they've now reported on it is that during the time in which, you know, COVID had first burst onto the scene internationally, um, whilst the American uh, media and these experts were going to the media and saying that, Oh, yes, this, it's very clear this viral has natural origins. They were discussing privately their concerns about the virus and the and allegedly that it looked like the virus had traces of engineering within it. So this is this is just being released, and everyone is blowing up about it because this doesn't actually confirm anything. This just confirms, it just makes us more suspicious. This isn't an evidence that, like, this isn't, you know, a testable evidence that, yes, COVID was made in a lab in Wuhan, but it adds suspicion. But they were
1: making, I mean, the Chinese have admitted that the Wuhan clinic was responsible for producing coronaviruses. Yeah, it was yes. responsible yes, for yes. that, but it's never admitted that there was a leak out of there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that and that that was uh, because you know there is more coronavirus than COVID nineteen. That's right. Uh, and there was never it was never confirmed that oh COVID nineteen came out of the Wuhan uh, you know um, clinic of virology. Mm. Uh, but obviously, so yeah, what this doesn't do is confirm that. Yes, it's come from the Wuhan lab. They have irrefutable evidence, but it does raise suspicion when... So essentially what happened was was that uh, when this was taking place, you know, you're looking at, at January 2021, uh, these people are going and, and they're talking to the media about how, oh, this virus, you know, it's from natural causes. But then uh, the, the main email that kind of sparked this all off was between um, Anthony Fauci and one of his... Lead researchers, Christian Anderson, and they had been talking about the virus, and they said this, essentially. This was Fauci's response to an email that, oh, you know, this this virus is odd. It doesn't seem natural. He says, the unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome, so one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features look potentially engineered. Uh, Anderson also noticed, so this is Kristen Anderson responding back, also noticed noted uh, that he and the others all find the genome inconsistent with the expectations from evolutionary theory. But added, there are still further analyses to be done so the, those opinions could still change. It mentions the theory of evolution now, and, and maybe some of our listeners are listening, and they're like, oh, but you guys don't even believe in the theory of evolution. You believe in the theory of, you know, you believe in creationism. You believe in what the Bible says. What they're talking about here is not macro evolution. Uh They're talking about microevolution, which is testable and irrefutable. We can actually test microevolution and the mutation of species in the lab. What we've never seen in a lab, what we've never seen evidence for is historical evolution where, uh, you know, a single cell organism exists out of nowhere and then turns into a fish and then turns into a a human that has never been tested. But yeah, according to their understanding of how viruses mutate, it doesn't make sense that it ended up this way, or at least that was what they were expressing to each other. In the early part of 2020, uh, during this time, they were sending emails backwards and forwards. And again, they were going to the media and saying, nope, this is, uh, this is. This is natural. This is natural. Um, during this time, also there was an, emails leaked that have now been uh, blacked out because of sen- uh, its sensitive nature, or uh, what, whatever it may be. Where uh, the the titles, whether the you know the conspiracy is gaining traction, and these emails were sent between Fauci and some other researchers. Uh, but those emails haven't seen the light of day. They've all been they've all been blacked out for sensitive information. And while those emails were being sent, um, uh. Collins, who was another one of Fauci's uh, colleagues, who was in the media talking about the natural origin of um, oh, sorry, no, Collins, Collins and Fauci, they were talking about you know oh this is this is a conspiracy, but it's gaining traction you know amongst their researchers. Uh, Fauci received an email from Peter Daszak, uh, who was a zoologist and president of the EcoHealth Alliance, praising him. For not going in the media and saying that it was made in a lab, but rather confirming the story that it had, or confirming the theory uh, that it was actually a natural thing. So, from the wet market. From the wet market, when you know, and and again, the main point is that these their public assertions that it was a natural virus was happening in the midst of of private conversations where they were thinking that it could potentially not be. Now this is the stir, like this is this is the main point, and the stir that it's created is big. You know, even Donald Trump is back in the news saying that China should be forced to pay ten trillion dollars in, in damages, reprimandary damages for for what they've done. Um, you know, everyone is speaking up about this, and and what's also telling too is that the current administration, the Biden administration, hasn't you know re- relinquished their investigation. You know, because the, the conspiracy is is that oh they haven't. Gender to say that it's not so that there's you know no no racism and no this and no that and the other but you know the biden administration has not relinquished in fact they've they've begun an investigation three month investigation three month investigation 90 days in china trying to find the origin of this virus so i guess you know we're just going to have to wait this out. But very uh, very speculative mm-hmm. and very opinion-swaying piece of evidence here. Unfortunately, oh, that's all we have to talk about this morning. Boy, just when, we oh, boy, just when
1: you were warming on. up on that. But, yeah,
0: really, really interesting stuff happening in our world today. Right.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on
0: Faith FM. Positively different. Now, on the phone, uh, we have with us... Introduce yourself. Yes, yeah, Paul Wood. Dr. Paul Wood, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Our resident GP, semi-regularly on the show, talking about all kinds of things going on in the world of health. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about, you know, health and, and COVID-19 this morning. But we're going to be talking about a, uh, a much different uh, disease and um, problem that people are facing in our world today. We're going to be talking about osteoporosis. Mm. Um. And you are going to give us some insight into that. You sent me, I uh, sent Lyle and myself a document. I've been looking through it and it looks like, you know, quite a heavy topic affecting lots of people. In fact, one in 10 people Australians over 50 are, are facing, um, you know, osteoporosis, have osteoporosis and osteopenia. And so, yeah, let's just jump right into it. What, what's some information? What are some things that we can learn about osteoporosis?
2: Yes, yeah, so I guess firstly, you know, what is osteoporosis is, is basically, literally, it means porous bones. Mm. So these are bones that are weaker than they, than they ought to be. So they're more bristle, they're more fragile, uh, more prone to breaking. Mm-hmm. And um, that but other term so you mentioned earlier, osteopenia, that's kind of like where your bones are getting weak, but they're not quite weak enough yet to be called mm. osteoporosis. So it means like you're on your way to getting osteoporosis. Okay. But yeah, that's one in 10 Australians over 50. Um have osteoporosis, so it's a significant, um, health issue in Australia. Um, and just to put it in context, if you're an independent older person in Australia, um, and you, and you fracture a hip, mm. there's about a one in three chance you'll die from that, um, that, uh, that accident. And wow. about a one in third chance you'll end up in a nursing home and about a one in third chance that you'll get home again. So it's a, a, significant cause of, of death and disability in our, in our older Australians.
0: I've got the statistic here it says that direct costs associated with osteoporosis in Australia is 306 million dollars uh I'm I'm assuming annually there so this is this is a very serious problem that people are facing
2: That's correct oh, Man
0: okay so I you know I've heard of osteoporosis before but and putting it in context now heavy heavy stuff So let's let's jump into like you know who exactly does this affect like what are we looking at here Um, As we mentioned before, Australians are 1 in 10 over 50, but who else is severely affected by this?
2: So it is more common in females, Mm -hmm. and um, particularly females if they get older. Mm -hmm. So... Um, males, the the testosterone that they have seems to offer some um, protection against osteoporosis. Yeah, for people sure. with low body weight, so people who are lean, so one of the upsides of carrying extra ex- body weight in this case is it may be protected somewhat against um, osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. People who are physically inactive, um, smoking, drinking more than two standard drinks a day of alcohol, um, if they've got a family history of of osteoporosis. Uh, there's, there's actually, sort of medical conditions too, so people with um, things like celiac disease, where so they have um, like an allergy to gluten, um, people with overactive thyroids, they can have have, have this condition. Mm. And um, in females who go to menopause or the change of life before the age of 45, mm. they're at height two of like developing osteoporosis.
0: It's interesting, like, with this disease, this, you know, uh, porous bones and bones being affected, like, uh, I, in my head anyway, I'm like, I, I wouldn't make the jump that it would be particularly affected by lifestyle, but here I can just see already, you know, smoking, um, you know, alcohol, being inactive, these kinds of things seem to be big contributors. Yeah, that's correct.
2: Um, you know, particularly heavy alcohol consumption and smoking, mm. um, and I guess think through lack of exercise. So the, you know, the kind of exercise that's particularly beneficial is a weight-bearing exercise. Um, mm. And that's things like, you know, doing, walking with weights or jogging, playing tennis, um, those kind of more high-impact kind of exercise. Therefore, for example, um, that kind of exercise is very beneficial. And I guess for those, those females who are listening today who, who are younger, it, it seems that, that this is particularly important um, as a younger female to engage in weight-bearing exercise up to the age of your like early 20s, because that's when you hit your peak bone mass. Mm. And that, that weight-bearing exercise seems to improve that bone density. Mm. After your, your mid-20s, it's going to downhill. You start slowly losing that um, that bone density. So you want to have a, a nice amount of bone density to begin with.
0: Mm. So it seems as though, like we can, you know, for for myself, I'm like 22 years old, and I look at a, a a disease like osteoporosis, and I'm like, oh, that's so far in the future. That's something that I confront if it's if it's you know a lifestyle, if lifestyle affects it, and it's you know one in ten over 50. Then I'm like, I can leave that till I'm 45. Um, but you're making the point here that it's something that you should get on top of today.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and this is particularly so for young for young females. Mm. Um, probably less concerned for yourself, although it still can affect elderly, elderly males, but mm-hmm. um, young females particularly, it's really important. They, I guess when you think about young females, often they, they get engaged in, in physical activity in high school, primary school, but as you get older, you tend to sort of let it drop off a bit, but um, mm-hmm. it's a really good reason to stay physically active um, as, you, as you age.
0: Mm. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think there are, you know, so many... Uh, studies now that have come out that have just confirmed the fact that physical, you know, obviously good diet is something that everyone uh, subscribes to, but physical exercise as well, just getting the blood moving and and whatnot is such a important thing to fighting, to combating so many problems that we can face later in life. Um, I just want to ask now, uh, you know, what are the particular indicators of osteoporosis? You know, it, maybe there are some listeners today who are in the, um, affected range? And, and it's like, oh, what are, what are some of the early warning signs that they can see and be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm starting to be affected by this?
2: Yeah, so I guess the key thing is osteoporosis is silence. It's not something you feel until mm. you actually break a bone. Mm. You can't sort of feel like I've got osteoporosis. Um, I know my grandma, has. she got all she got osteoporosis. And obviously, sort of grandma, she was short to begin with, but she got shorter and, um, what we know is that if you lose more than three centimetres of height, it's actually a risk factor for osteoporosis. Another mm-hmm. little trick you can try is, um, try standing against the wall and put the foot of your back against the wall and then try and put, put your head against the, the wall as well. And if you can't get your head back, um, that can be a risk factor for osteoporosis. That's, that's the kind of person who sort of, sort of, uh, hunched or, or hunched over. Um, mm-hmm. they can't actually face them up properly. So that, That's
0: a little test you can try to see if you're at risk. Yeah. Oh, man, heavy stuff. But, yeah, it's good to know that we have things that we can see. If it's so silent and it just comes out of nowhere, I guess there's some potential to be able to see whether you are being affected by it. And I guess now the big transitioning point in our conversation, it's like, Okay, if we have this lifestyle um, and genetic affected disease that affects a ton of people, particularly females, at the end of their life uh that is extremely common um, and we we mentioned some of them before, but what yeah, what can we do today? What is the extent of the things that we can do today to be able to to reduce the the effect of this disease yeah,
2: absolutely. So, firstly, I think it's important that we know our risk, and if we if we have those some of those risk factors there, like we went through menopause at a young age, for example, that's to get a bone density scan. And um, bone density scans help to see how strong those bones are. So that's mm. something you can talk to your GP about. Um, anybody over the age of seventy can also get a bone um, a bone scan, courtesy of, of Medicare. But specifically, what can we do to lower our risk? Um, exercise, specifically weight bearing exercise, as we talked about some earlier, but also strength training. So as we age, our muscles tend to waste away more if we don't use them. Mm-hmm. So doing things like squats or if you're an older person, simply practicing getting in and out of a chair, so sitting down, standing up, sitting up, standing up. One thing you're going you kind to of see as people age is sometimes they, they find it harder and harder to get at chairs. And that's, that's not so good from a, um, a falls risk point of view. Mm-hmm. Also doing some um, balance types of, of exercises, which is helpful too for, for preventing falls. Vitamin D is important, that's um, that sunshine vitamin. So as you get older, um, the body becomes less efficient at converting sunlight into vitamin D, so and you often see older people cover up more. So you probably make an argument for taking some vitamin D as you get um, as you get older. hmm Calcium's a big one. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, you often hear about that. Um, but um, you know, calcium rich foods would include things like your dark leaves the green vegetables, nuts and seeds. Uh tahini, something the list is May have had tahini before, but especially like a sesame paste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very, yeah, very high in calcium. And the the variety is the high source yeah. Man, it's a, um, it's a staple good in good hummus. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's cool. Bigs <laughs> um, drive bigs are high in calcium too, um, and as well as other fortified products. But um, it's probably worth just talking about what role does dairy play. So, so low-fat dairy products, Um, are a good source of calcium as well.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: It's an interesting Swedish study recently that showed that those who had the highest uh, milk intake actually had the higher rates of hip fractures, which is fascinating Um, when often we sort of hear eat more dairy for preventing um, breaks in the bone. Yeah, and and it's kind of, I guess... um, occurs in the background of noticing that when you look at populations around the world, those populations that have the highest dairy intakes tend to have the highest rates of osteoporosis oh, wow. and vice versa for those with the lowest um, dairy intake. So some of the researchers have started looking into that to sort of see what one account for that. And while, while I don't think we've got a definitive answer yet, um, it looks like there's a, a particular milk sugar called galactose, mm-hmm. and that's like the product of lactose in milk that um, may actually play a role in um, increasing osteoporosis risk. So eating things like yogurts or, or soft cheeses, for example, with the lactose is lower, and the, and the, the lactose as well, um, may not be associated with high risk of osteoporosis. Um, that's a possible thought, but more research needs to be done on this. Well, wow, um,
0: that's, that's really interesting there. just I guess it's yeah. a really... I think a good case study of where the consensus is definitely at odds with the science and the the evidence here. Um, I guess that'll lead to, as you say, you know, people are researching it now, and it'll lead to differing opinions in the future.
2: That's right. Um, it, something else has changed, you know, since I graduated from medical school is, um, you know, calcium. Um, in terms of supplementing with calcium, so mm. initially it seemed like every female should have been taking a calcium supplement, but. Um, in recent years, I've had some research coming out suggesting that those who take calcium supplements may have a high risk of having um, heart attacks due mm. to blocked coronary arteries. So what it seems is some of that excess calcium that comes in these calcium supplements might actually end up in your, um, in your coronary arteries and, and contribute to coronary artery disease. So what we're trying to encourage people to do now is to get their calcium more from food um, rather than tablets, ideally. Mm. Um, how much calcium you need? It the recommendations vary around the world. Um, in Australia, they recommend um, 1,200 milligrams for postmenopausal females per day. Um, the WHO guidelines recommend 500 milligrams. Um, in the UK, it's 700 milligrams. What it, what it seems though is that your body is able to either upregulate or downregulate the absorption based on need. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think if you've got a reasonably rich diet in those um, in those calcium-rich foods. Um, your risk of osteoporosis should be relatively, um,
0: relatively low. Mm. Paul, we have run quickly out of time here, but thank you so much for getting on sharing with us sure. this, you know, how we can combat this incredibly common disease. And uh, we'll see you next time you join us.
2: Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.